Okay, I've tried to record this intro loads of times now, so this is going to have to be the final one. I have got work to do. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, it's Imran here. Peace. How are you? It's been a couple of months since since the last episode with Sarah Khan Bashir. Now, as promised, uh, we're going to hear another female perspective, and this time in the shape of Shamsa Farouk. Now, Shamsa is the international relations officer at Manchester University, and uh, she got in touch a few months ago after having stumbled across the podcast. I don't know what it is about you guys, but everyone seems to stumble across this podcast. Some algorithm somewhere is pointing you here, but however you found your way here, I'm glad you have chosen to listen. And um, Shamsa was complimentary about the podcast, which is always nice to hear. Um, and then she suggested that we potentially record an episode about a very particular subject. And so we kind of went back and forth with it and it quickly became apparent that, yes, absolutely, we should record this episode. Now, I think this is a really important subject because we're talking about essentially challenging your own assumptions, challenging your own assumptions in relation to finding a spouse. So you might be somebody who is about to start your search or maybe you're in the midst of it or, as is the case with Shamsa, that she was finding that meeting people was fine but there was something lacking. You know, there was a deeper connection that she was looking for that she just wasn't finding in the people that she was meeting. And so what Shamsa did which I think is highly commendable and very brave, is to challenge her own assumptions. Now, challenging your own assumptions generally in life is actually a very difficult thing to do. And that's because we all like to live with certainty. And that certainty is offered by kind of sticking with the things that we believe. And so we're able to make better sense of the world around us. But what if the story that you're telling yourself is is hampering you, is restricting you in some way. Those assumptions when it comes to looking for a spouse can be along the lines of, well, I'm a single person and I've never been married and so I should look for a single person who has never been married. That would make sense, right? In the same way that I, as a divorced parent, would look for somebody who has been through that experience. But what if your assumption is wrong? And there may be somebody out there who is more suitable for you, but you have artificially restricted yourself. As always, it's a great conversation. It's jovial, joyful, inspirational, serious, and everything in between. Just a quick qualification before we get into this episode. When we talk about dating, we're talking about quote-unquote halal dating. And if you don't know what halal dating is, then I suggest you listen to previous episodes. I always welcome your feedback, you know that, so feel free to reach out on Instagram or Twitter at M-O-I-A-Z-A-M or email me directly, divorcedmuslimdad, all one word, at gmail.com. You're listening to the Divorced Muslim Dad podcast, season two, episode two, Dating the Divorced.
how do you date during a pandemic? How do you do it? I've read, I've read so many articles um, on, you know, from the obvious sites on how to keep going and how to, you know, the uh, at one point, you know, the suggestion of having um, video calls until you can meet. Uh, but yeah, appara- apparently people have been having virtual dinners, like, you know, ordering food and then like <laughs> Zoom calls and eating together, which sounds completely dystopian to me. I was going to say, Imran, you say apparently. Have you done that? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I categor- like, I, categorically, I would not do that. I The thought of, um, I mean, I, I've always been, in, you know, in the process of, you know, when you meet somebody, of course, there's a natural sort of period of 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 conversation before you meet. Um, but there's never, ever been any question mark in my mind of the absolute pivotal, paramount. I don't know what other words to use to describe how important it is. The momentous t- moment of actually meeting somebody and you can do as many video calls as you like. But the uh, there are things that you just can't replicate. In this kind of new age of online dating, you can spend a huge amount of time messaging people before you actually get to speak to somebody. And then you can spend a lot of time speaking to somebody. And it's incredible, actually, how much of that basically becomes irrelevant the moment you meet somebody and you get an idea of who they are in the first kind of few minutes. You learn more actually meeting somebody than you do in all of those weeks or months you've spent uh, you know kind of messaging and speaking I, that's been my experience anyway I I yeah I'm 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 nodding you can't see but I <laughs> I'm nodding uh, enthusiastically because it, it it um to me even when lockdown began obviously you know I didn't spend huge amounts of time thinking about okay how do I now navigate this because I just knew that if I was, if things were going to continue in terms of, you know, keeping myself open to to meeting somebody, it, it couldn't like it, I, I we'd have to meet, you know. So wherever wherever or however it was possible, it, it would need to happen quite quickly. Um, the biggest obviously challenge to that was then deciding, okay, how wise is it to then to then embark upon something where actually we are in lockdown. So you can't meet. I mean, I mean, really. That I mean, at the time I'm talking, it was uh, was it. I think it might have been the the third time that we met, something like that, second or third time. Um, that night was when we went into the second lockdown. So we were literally just in time, um, and we were talking obviously um, different parts of the UK. So of course there were travel bans, you know, restrictions traveling in and. Um, as romantic as it may seem to <laughs> some women for, you know, let's, you know, yes, please do break the law for me. I would never advocate that for anybody, even to um, show how much, how committed they were to me. So, you know, we were incredibly fortunate and lucky that we managed to do, to, to make the best of, of the situation, which was just bonkers, uh, because uh, dating in inverted commas, but, but doing that in winter, in lockdown. I mean, how how do you stay outside for seven hours? <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's that's a, honestly that's a really good point. Um, I mean, during, yeah. you know, cards on the table. You know, I I was one of those people who decided, you know what, you know, I can tell this is going to be a lot of hassle. You know, mm. so I basically 
parked it. Although I did meet one person um, in an outdoor setting and I was absolutely freezing. <laughs> like just absolutely, which obviously is not great, right? When you're just meeting somebody and your teeth are chattering, right? <laughs> you know, and you're going for a walk. You know, isn't this fun, right? You know, this is, you know, and you, it just does, it just didn't work. And then it, mm. it actually went okay. And it was lined up for a, a second date. But, you know, we both thought, well, this is ridiculous because there is nowhere that you could go which was warm. Mm. Right? So just, okay, sack this off. I'm just going to, you know, have to just ride out uh, what's been happening. So when you are interacting with somebody, you know, obviously the goal is to get, uh, you know, offline, actually meet somebody as soon as possible, but not too soon. So, how do you how do you judge that? You know, to stop yourself wasting huge amounts of time. I, I just I just know when it's time in me. You know, I know it usually is within. <laughs> it never normally exceeds a week. You know, there's a there's a sort Gosh, of. Gosh, you're a fast mover. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am. I don't know. I I just I am a see, feel, touch, hear, speak person. This is who I am. And in order for me to 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 be true to who I am and put put across my authentic self, which is really really very important to me, I don't I don't see how I can do it until unless I meet that person in any context, but particularly in this context. So. There's the obvious, you know, you have a few messages. Um, it's always great to have a call, maybe a couple of calls, obviously, depending. depending I mean, I say a week, but of course, it depends on on life situations. Um, and obviously, the life situation that that I was navigating that, you know, that neither one of us had navigated before was the pandemic. OK, how, where, um <laughs> you know the the full James Bond how do we do this type of um uh conversation but the um I think you know I think you know if you're on a on a level with somebody if the conversation is flowing if they're interested in you they're asking questions um that you the only real question I ask myself when I first kind of meet somebody is I'm not even necessarily thinking okay, are you the one? Um, can I see myself marrying you? The, because I've, I've had to train myself, not train myself, but I've had to take that pressure off it in order to be able to organically just move through the stages of, you know, of this. Um, the only question I really ask is, okay, do I want to meet you? And then when I meet you, I, you know, the, the, the most important question for me is, uh, would I like to be in your company again? So, you know, I, I I say about a week. I guess the more the more uh, important point to make is that I'm I'm never keen on message tennis, message ping pong, whatever you want to call it, and almost falling into this. You know, this sort of where you're communicating every day, but for what purpose? They need. Do you know what I mean? There there is there is a. Um, it's almost like when you're online, you meet, and it's very clear what the you know the elephant in the room is. Is, is addressed fully yes but then something happens with many people that as soon as you start interacting there is a, a you know an unwillingness to to suggest a meeting or even speaking on the phone I mean for me 
it's pretty it's as straightforward as you know unless you're living somewhere where you don't have wi-fi or you you don't have a phone which you clearly do because we were already messaging there isn't really a good enough reason why you can't just have a chat over the phone um it's interesting um i uh, the purpose so you're clear about the purpose and the purpose is marriage right you know that's well that's the yeah. goal right that's the goal yeah but what you're saying is is that you kind of almost put that to one side for in order to go through the stages of the process to get to a point where a decision needs to be made um with regards to that so essentially it is about just getting to know somebody whilst taking the pressure off you know mm. that whole thing about oh this is about marriage it's about marriage is about marriage it's like okay fine we know that right we know that so let's just put that to one side yeah now okay who are you let's actually get to know who you are who i am you know how we think you mm. know uh, you know whether there there is a connection whether there is something here worth building on um and i think i i totally agree with that because i think a lot of the time uh people are getting together and there's this thing hanging over it this uh this pressure if you like or a you know um a deadline you know that uh, okay you know let's just talk about things in terms of marriage but i think that can be counterproductive i have to be very conscious not to make sweeping generalizations based on my experience which you know i have because but then um it's hard to do that sometimes because actually you're 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 constantly coming up against the the focus on 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 marriage and it's almost like there's lots of people out there who just want to skip the the best bit you know the best bit of of the excitement of that somebody that you're interested in somebody that you want to know more you want to be around them you want to understand um you know what a what a sunday morning looks like for them because there's such a focus on on like we say we'll use the word goal because i mean i'm not massively keen on the word end goal marriage because it's sort of like you get that and then and then what so i i really try hard and i know it probably would seem counterproductive to some people that well how can you not focus on the end goal of marriage because that's that's the whole reason why you're doing it and yes that's true but are we doing ourselves a complete disservice not letting ourselves you know if we're in a position where we um are able to and are comfortable to to get to know somebody um informally in a you know in a halal way whatever suits your your situation um why don't we take that opportunity why do we have to focus on um because you're because this is really it isn't it this is the time where you 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 what you want you are getting to know things for the first time about that person and having it all focus on just focusing around marriage as you say rather than the 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 sort of authentic process of you know what are you like as a person what's 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 um what's happy shamsa like what's grumpy shamsa like what's hungry shamsa like i don't you know it's it's all of that so i i think it's obvious for anybody who's serious about uh using online dating services is that um when you uh connect with somebody or match with them or whatever and you're messaging them for the first time that you you personalize your interaction with them right which obviously shows that you've taken the time to understand who they are from their profile and that you're kind of reflecting back a little bit of yourself and your thoughts with regards to who they are rather mm. than them through something generic i mean that's the first red flag 
for me and it should be for most people where if you're just getting a message which is hi how are you right um or um you know nice profile okay i mean okay i mean somebody's made the effort but not a lot of effort and it feels a bit spammy yeah mm. um, whereas if somebody actually mentions something that's in my profile you know um you know and does so in kind of like almost like a light-hearted way um you know it tells me oh okay this is for me okay so i should i should take notice but i think that's that's a basic and and then from there obviously you have a bit of you know back and forth um and then there always comes a point at me which is like you know what i think we should speak right um but i'm also conscious of the fact that a lot of the profiles i come across say that um stop asking me for my number right or you know stop asking me to get onto whatsapp or or whatever else um you know we should do everything through this app which wow. okay, uh, really which, yeah you know absolutely you get a lot of that and you know to to be fair i don't blame i don't blame people for that mm. because they're essentially looking after their own safety yes of um, course and there's a it, huge amount of distrust in the community huge amounts yeah and in, in and i think in general too there's catfishing going on there's people yeah. pretending to be who they're not and etc cetera, etc cetera. i know i know you sound like you're open to the suggestion of 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 speaking on the phone but what if somebody does it prematurely you know they message you once message you twice and they say hey you know what i'm not so keen on uh, on using this app mm-hmm. uh, why don't we arrange a call and let's say you think it's too soon does that mean the bubbles burst and you know it's it's difficult to come back from that or you know how do you approach that to me i absolutely welcome the initiative from the other side because it it's sort of uh, <laughs> i'm i you know i like not being not not being the one to sort of um initiate uh so is this is this, is this the, is this the male stereotype not the male stereotype or basically the the idea that really men should take a lead on this i'm not saying that everybody believes that but are you kind of down with that i like i um i think when you are uh when you have a calm confidence in your own ability to take the lead which i do in myself um and in terms of judging somebody's intentions and what what i feel comfortable with and not comfortable with um i find it quite endearing when somebody would like to just say, yeah, let's have a chat. And it makes as much sense to them as it makes to me. That, to me, is the first marker of, oh, yeah, we're, we're on the same page here because it's just a chat. But, of course, I, I totally understand. I, I, and, I've, and I've obviously walked those situations as well where you're thinking, are you the, are you the kind of chap that I should be giving my number to? Uh, <laughs> um, but in all honesty, Iman, I... If I'm questioning whether or not I should be giving my number to them, why am I even messaging them? Is the point for me? So if I'm already feel if there are already red flags all over the place, in terms of language conduct or whatever, so anything you know, it's very um, specific to you, isn't it? What makes you feel? There are things that a lot of um, acquaintances, colleagues, females have sort of said to me things that they things that sit very fine with them. But that I feel, well, that's a bit weird. So it, you know, it's completely subjective to to you. I feel, and this might not go down well with lots of my uh, <laughs> uh, the sisterhood out there. But I'm not sure that we do ourselves any favors when we do that. 
Do you know what I mean? Like if a man, if he's if he's taking the initiative and wants to have a call, it's just a call. You know, it, it will it will probably save time in the long run. I think there are there are definitely other things that will burst the bubble for me rather than him suggesting a call too prematurely. Do you know how what I mean? about um, how about this new kind of phenomenon? Obviously, especially during the pandemic, which I think is going to continue of having video calls. How do you feel about those? Well. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> because I'm 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 reliving experiences in my head that are are would probably be a much much longer podcast. But um, the I, I had an experience where I was this this is very early on in in the pandemic where I was getting to know somebody absolutely lovely chap and um we seem to be getting on great on the phone and this was when you just couldn't meet at all so my preferred time of talking on the phone messaging it, it just had to be extended I really didn't have a choice um I did try to sort of um temper it because I think there's a danger of doing that too much you sort of then start behaving like you're in this kind of relationship when you're not because you haven't met but the first interaction that we had because we couldn't meet it was a video call and generally I don't I don't have any issues with video calls again going back to what I said previously it isn't the same it will never be the same so I think um but if it's if we're talking of a, a next best option but my experience that I had in this context was that the video call didn't didn't necessarily help um me feel huge amounts of confidence before we we met it, it just didn't feel like it flowed I think people are more self-conscious on video. Maybe. Tone is very difficult to achieve, isn't it, Imran? It's, it's tone, isn't it? Even in messaging, um, my sense of humour is, <laughs> I wouldn't say dark. I'd say, you know, one shade lighter than dark. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, and um, to I know that when I'm around somebody and when I'm with them, that that, that my that that, that my humour in 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 a face to face context would go down much better than if I have to sort of judge it on a on a on a video call. And there is a place for it. I'd say if you didn't, I'd say if you had to choose between doing a video call versus talking on the phone or messaging, um, because you couldn't meet for a period of time, that's much better to try and do that. But it, what I found with, with this experience, with the first experience during lockdown on, on, in this context, the video call gave me some doubts before the, the face-to-face meeting. Um, but And unfortunately for him, uh, it, it, it sort of, um, it was the opposite. He loved it. And, and, the, and then there was a sort of mismatch in, 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 um, in, in the sort of build-up to, to meeting. And unfortunately... The build-up was unavoidable because of lockdown. Um, because normally, uh, build-up is not is not something that I like to um, to do. I'm more a let's just meet. Let's you know too much thinking and too much build-up about it is is um, I think it can take away from the authenticity of it and just keeping it as natural as possible. Um, I, I mean, I, I I hear you on that. I do. Um, I'm also conscious of the of the opposite, which is if there is uh, too little investment um, before meeting, mm. then it, 
potentially, you know, for want of a better word, uh, cheapen uh, the experience, make it a little bit more disposable mm. as in the two people are not as invested. So there's almost like like a sweet spot whereby right. yeah. you know, some, basically you've both earned the right through emotional labor to uh, to meet. Um, and then when you do meet, there's a like there is a there is a sense of anticipation. Yeah. You know? um, well, it's exciting. It's an exciting sense of anticipation. And I I think if I'm not excited, that's when I know, okay, there's something not quite right here. I should be I should be looking forward to this more than I actually am. But you're right, the sweet it is the sweet spot. And I think the meet the danger of meeting too soon is that you are then fully you're you're very much more reliant on the intention of that person being the same as yours so I can say I can only you know I can only speak for me Imran but me meeting somebody after a week of chatting to them or meeting somebody after three or four weeks of chatting to them wouldn't take away I wouldn't be any less invested in that meeting there would be more anticipation and build up to it if I felt like I was connecting with them and liking them. But I, I would, I try really hard to make sure that I'm, um, that it's not just, you know, that, that there's no, there's no flippancy about it. It's, it's equally, it, it just means if it, if it happens quicker, it means I've probably had less time to think about it to, uh, that, that wonderful thing that women do of, um, you know, scenario planning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I wonder if men do this because I you know I'm a mega daydreamer but I you know my my daydreaming and my scenarios are are because you know there's huge amounts of intensity to my you know in good ways to, to my to my work life and I like that that escapism and actually I don't really want to be in a position where I'm not excited about somebody and excited about the future and excited about plans making plans making plans and of of shared experiences with somebody is what excites me and, and <laughs> my female friends my female muslim friends always say to me we've never heard anybody talk less about the wedding a wedding than you i'm like yeah because of course i'll be excited inshallah about um the, the magic of bringing everybody that i love together for for this you know amazing thing that will happen but I shouldn't be more excited about that than my life with somebody right well um, that's, that's unfortunately a huge amount goes into planning for the wedding um but not so much into the marriage into the marriage yeah into into you as individuals and how you go from individuals to to sort of joint but then maintaining your yourselves as well because looking after yourselves as an individual, looking after the together is, you know, it's a uh, one one impacts the other. But of course, I'm 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 my perspective is not from a having been married or divorced. One of the things that I found in my experience with you know with with divorced men was that they had that understanding. They they because they had to look into themselves in a, in a way that actually if you haven't been through that you've maybe not done and I, and that's what I found very very um attractive from a okay yeah you 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 you've kind of walked this 
that's really interesting because a lot of the time people who have not been married previously uh, typically look for other people who have not been married previously um, and on the surface that would seem to make sense um, and and the opposite is true too so for somebody in my position it's a case of well I know what it means to have gone through a marriage and come out the other side right yeah. and what that does in terms what you know what that exposes you to you know and how you grow as an individual and what you learn and therefore you know, I tend to look at other people who are also divorced as well, because, you know, without glossing over it too much, yeah, I think, you know, a good healthy divorce essentially purges an individual of their own bullshit. Right. I like how you say. I like how you refer to it as a as a good healthy divorce, like a you know a good a good healthy session at the gym, or you know going to the spa. You know, really invigorating. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not joking. Um, really, in that when when I think, look, nobody chooses. Nobody yeah. would choose to yeah. get divorced, right? It's, yeah. it's almost like in life, no one chooses to go through really really tough and difficult times. No. But those people who do go through really really tough and difficult times understand that it is in those moments that you learn and grow the most you, absolutely yeah absolutely you know, you, yeah it is when you are it's when you have to dig deep and it's when you have to dig deep that you discover you know you have an inner it's that inner, inner eye isn't it in yourself and when you know those parts of yourself it's very difficult this is what I find difficult with people who haven't been through much or, or or had to do that not just through divorce through through other things in life that I I find it difficult to connect I think yeah it's but you're right you're right there isn't nobody chooses to go through these things but once you have been through these experiences whether it be divorce loss or just life in the way that you have you know the, the realities of life that come to you and how you've had to, to navigate that um it's without sounding, without negating, you know, <laughs> the conversations that people like to have. But I, you know, it's really hard for me, Iman, to just have those very, very linear, superficial conversations about. So, do you think you'll work after marriage? Uh, you know, what car do you drive? Um, what's your, is, you know, <laughs> do you have an expensive handbag? Uh, have, you, have you ever been asked for your bio data? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's the passion killer right there. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, my, my, my family would like to see your bio data. You're like, what? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, no, I haven't. But I, um, the, you know, the other question that comes up, uh, that has come up in the past, but not with, not with anybody you know, um, where it's where it's been kind of wonderful and, and meaningful and, and they're, they're a great person is that with, with a few other people is that they just can't comprehend that if you're if you're in your 30s as a female that you haven't had these mega relationships or you haven't been in, you know, massively traumatized, <laughs> you know, by men. And, and it's like, no, I, I haven't. I, and, and I but that doesn't make me any less, you know, equipped or remote, you know, 
I don't think it's a I don't think it's a given that you need to have gone through marriage, divorce or parenthood to have a level of emotional maturity to you know enter into a relationship with somebody that has this this has been the biggest the biggest um learning for me and you know I think the other people well one other person in particular I think the surprise of oh wow uh because honestly Moran I'm very surprised I don't stop being shocked about what a lot of men out there assume that single 30 somethings are sort of looking for I I I am um, and I think it's I think it's because there is a huge amount of disservice being done out there from you know men and women when I first started um when I first came across you know divorced Muslim dads online it wasn't I make it sound like it's a separate site that you just hack into it's a whole it's a whole sub-genre <laughs> that you can have um special access to but pretty much Imran on a very basic level the profiles were just more interesting they were just more interesting um than the single guys than the guys who hadn't been they it, it you know and like I said they weren't they were it wasn't hundreds and hundreds of profiles but the profiles that made an impact on me um it, it was you know the the common the common denominator seemed to be oh yes they've um they've been divorced or they're a father as well. So you're saying um, the, the divorced men profiles had less uh, topless shots in the gym? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I hope I'm so. Sure. <laughs> well, that, there is that, definitely. But I'm sure we couldn't... Uh, I don't think we could um, assume that every single divorced Muslim dad out there you know, I'm sure there are a few that have got those shots on their profiles, but thankfully, I haven't come across them. Um, but there seem to be um, there seem to be layers there, layers that I was interested to to know more about, um, and and I wasn't wrong. You know, the the conversation and the the kinds of things you talk about, and it's exactly what we were just saying when you've had to when you've gone through that experience and you you know uncovered you know parts of yourself you've got to know yourself in a very intimate way uh, that maybe if you hadn't have gone through that you wouldn't know I mean it's very it it I think but on the opposite side the the other thing that I've also experienced on the not so positive side is there are divorced men out there who have a very fixed view of well you know I went through that it was horrendous I can't have anything that resembles that ever again and they are um it almost they don't have it in them to be willing to see what might be uh you know to take a chance almost um I think and I think that's probably down to a number of factors but I, I think it's if you if you haven't healed I think healing is very important isn't it so I think if you haven't if those if those scars if that experience is still very fresh and raw and actually you haven't moved on. It's the same as when you meet somebody who's just come out of a relationship. If they haven't moved on, it's very obvious, isn't it? You know, actually uh, meeting people who have been through those experiences, this is, that's why I said kind of a good, healthy kind of divorce. So that's the assumption that, uh, you know, you've gone yeah. through the process, you've come out the other side, you've learned the lessons, you know, you've, um, you know, you've got the scars, but they don't really define you. Um, and you're, yeah. you're kind of ready to, uh, be vulnerable 
uh, again and be open mm -hmm. to the possibilities. And, you know, that's difficult. That's different for different people. It works in different. Mm -hmm. Some people are ready months afterwards. Other people, it takes, you know, many, many years before they are. And during that process, you know, um, they're just kind of, they're working it out. So listen, you sound like a real optimist when it comes to um, finding a spouse, um, which I, which I, you know, it, from my experience, unfortunately, is not the norm because I come across a lot of pessimism from Muslim women with regards to um, the kind of the, the reputation of uh, Muslim men. So how do, I'm sure you've had your negative experiences. How do you retain your optimism? I think I retain it because when I have a positive experience when it when it when it changes me um it it reminds me that yes there is that, that i that this is worth it and there will be uh because every every you know every time you have to sort of pick yourself back up and uh go again is the phrase i suppose you it's in that time where you're you where again we say you're doing deep actually and you and then you get the rewards because when you meet somebody who's amazing depending on what happens and what doesn't happen it doesn't take away from the fact that you are able to have that that wonderful experience of getting to know somebody who you who who it, you know it may or may not work out with um in the long term but they're, they're they're pretty special and my optimism comes from the feeling that I can't shift in me, Imran, that I I want this in my life. I, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed with so many areas of my life. Brene Brown talks about love abundance and and um, and I feel I have that. There's a particular sort of uh, love in me that, that is becoming more and more, okay, I know this needs to go to, to that person. You know, it's like, it, I, I feel that more, particularly in the last two years. And... Um, and I don't know if there's any value in not being optimistic. I don't need to have all the answers. My my sort of, you know, my my faith and my my belief in, you know, Allah Swanthar's plan, what that may be. I just need to I just, you know, I just have to, as we all do, we just have to wait. Uh wait and see and 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 obviously just be just be ready. But don't but also my optimism is is I think it's because I just don't want to miss the journey. I don't want to just get sort of balled up in in pessimism and negativity. And I mean, it would be it is. Don't get me wrong, Imran. It is. It's very very difficult not to. There are those times where it's just like it is. It is as painful as pulling teeth. It is. <laughs> it's, no, I, I I know that. I do know that. And this is this is why this is really interesting because. So many people, especially I'm hearing from the younger generation, you know, are really pessimistic, you know, when it comes to to finding a partner, especially from the young women that I've, I've spoken to. There's a lot of talk about, you know, not really wanting to get married, you know, and a lot of this mm -hmm. comes down to a really bad impression that they have about the quality of men in the mm -hmm. Muslim community here in the UK. And I'm, I'm guessing that you have noticed kind of the pre prevalence of relationship breakdown in the community. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure what, you know, when, when you have been searching yourself that you've come across, you know, a lot of stuff online, which is, you know, which doesn't, you know, doesn't bode well 
you know, for for actually finding somebody. And, and you just hear of the difficulties people have, but none of this seems to impact on on your optimism. Um, and I think that's I think that's really important, um, you know, for for anybody who's looking to take note of, because it is that optimism rooted in a firm faith that what is meant to happen will happen. And all you're really meant to do is to be is to make the effort and to be open to the possibilities and to retain patience. Whenever I have the wonderful experience of, of meeting somebody that could that I that I'm you know excited about that it's um, you know they open up your mind in a way that it hasn't been before and you and you your your feel you know you're you're sort of living the poss you know the, the possibility of love that feeling and um, and knowing that I've done it knowing that that's happened and I I have I'm just being myself. I'm not, I don't ever feel the need um, with the right person. I've never felt the need that I need to change aspects about, about myself or, you know, to, anything like that. And it, and, it, and it gives me increased confidence that, no, I think I'm, you know, I'm okay. I think I'm doing it, you know, I, you know because you question yourself and I think it's normal and I think it's, it's healthy to question yourself about your approach. And I think that's what I did two years ago when 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 I actually thought okay I need to sort of maybe look look beyond the the normal okay I haven't been married I don't have children is that the you know the spec the spec that people talk about and I just got sick of the spec you know I'm just like why what is this why am I why am I pigeonholing myself when actually I know, and I can only speak about me, but I know that my outlook, the way I think and my approach and the way I, maybe the way I go about things, it probably isn't the norm. Um, and I think I need to embrace that more. I think that's what I realized two years ago that actually, okay, Shamsi, you need to, um, you need to sort of celebrate this because it's, it's not, it's not something that um, it, it's completely fine that you're not that interested in what kind of car or job or 10-year life plan you know a person may may or may not have because the situation you meet somebody in now today what they do what they have this could change in this could just go or change it could be complete 360 in a matter of weeks but who they are um my sense of humor is probably not likely to change the things I laugh at probably isn't likely to change the things I cry about probably won't change um my emotional trajectory when I'm feeling overwhelmed in a situation or where I'm, um, you know, small gestures go a very, very long way with me. Um, and I think these are the things that speak to me when I, in my experiences of um, getting to know dating, divorce, Muslim dad, that actually they are looking for something more. And, and it's that something more that I, I feel I've been missing. May, you know with some men that, that haven't maybe had that experience because um there's a huge focus on the you know what somebody is presenting with you know the first layer but that first layer is based on what what is that based on so are we, are we saying now that um you've reached kind of a stage where it's your preference to to meet somebody who is divorced interesting question um 
there are parts of me, Ryan, if I'm honest, that I think my my much fuller experience, I think emotionally, intellectually, with divorced Muslim guys, whether they be dads or, or not dads, has I think it will be very difficult for me to to have that same that that sort of similar connection with somebody that maybe hasn't uh, lived a certain life experience. But I I'm uh, it's important for me to 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 remain you know remain open. So I would never say <laughs> it's very interesting you asked the question because two years ago when I was. Uh, in contact with you know very trusted you know elders aunties in the community um about you know introductions and things and there was a there was an almost assumption that I because I haven't been married and I'm not I and I'm not a parent that that I would not be interested at all you know in those profiles of men and this this you know on that this wouldn't be a good match at all but what I've learned in the last two years is that well, that's just complete, you know, because I think the same it's the same on the other side, isn't it? Maybe as a as a as a divorced Muslim dad or mom, you're probably not even given, you're probably not even talked to about single people in the assumption that actually, well, that that wouldn't work, and you know, it, it's not um, it's not the case. It's not the case. So yes, I think there is there is a part of me, probably quite a big part of me now that that does have a preference to that but i wouldn't i wouldn't ever want to uh just yeah why why, why narrow the field <laughs> <laughs> yes why narrow the ever expanding field that is <laughs> well, the i thing, mean the, the, the thing about um the thing about uh, the whole divorce thing uh I, what's what's coming across here is it's not it's not the fact that somebody's divorced, right? Um, it's the it's what it indicates, mm. what it indicates, and it indicates quite strongly that somebody has been through an ex a very serious experience, which will have allowed them to explore lots of questions about themselves, right, mm. and thereby uh, give them the opportunity to uncover parts of themselves and learn. A lot about themselves and hence perhaps provide a greater depth of character um and and when you're online you know there's uh there's only i guess maybe a few indicators of that without actually having to talk to somebody one of those yes is divorce another one is like you said parenthood right mm. now typically divorce and parenthood comes you know, as as the same package within the Muslim community, but not always, not always. Some people, you know, they've come to the faith or whatever, or they have kids and they haven't been married, but they've got kids. And mm. again, anybody who's had children will tell you that if there's anything that is going to teach you about yourself, right, it is being a parent. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely get where you're coming across, uh, coming from uh, with that. It's like, you know, when you do come across somebody who has those markers on their profile, it potentially says something very significant about them. I think there's there's a lot of unfair assumptions out there about Muslim women who haven't been married, who don't have children in terms of, you know, 
they wouldn't be able to handle that or or something. And I and I think the thing that I didn't acknowledge until after the experience is that, and it was when one of my very close friends said to me that, you know, you don't really realize how unique your outlook and your thinking is because to me, Iman, um, the idea of, I mean, obviously there are, there are very important things in terms of understanding, you know, the relationship with the ex-wife, the relationship with the children. And I think, you know, and, 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 and sort of deciding, you know, if you couldn't, if they're, if they are, situations that you could navigate but there's never once been any moment in the last couple of years of, of, of my experiences it just doesn't scare me it doesn't it doesn't you know at all it, it's never really phased me I'm able to sort of learn about somebody in terms of okay have they moved on from that situation are they ready to exactly in terms of exactly what you said can they be emotionally vulnerable with me are they ready to 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 do it all over again but understand that I haven't done this before you know so I I I you know in the same the same experiences that they are coming with in terms of a, a marriage um I can't uh you know I don't have anecdotes and examples to show oh, yes it was like that you know it's it's that and I think what surprised me about the other individual in particular um was that he completely embraced that. It actually was this, I think, I'll be honest with you, Ron, I think there was a part of him that couldn't quite believe that I was still there. <laughs> well, they hadn't run off. <laughs> that I hadn't run off, you know, that I, and, and, and we had, I remember one very, very deep conversation, something along the lines of, you know, are you sure you wouldn't want something simpler than this? And, Without hesitation, my answer was, I want what's right for me. I want the the, the right person. Uh, it's not about the it's not about the simplicity of the the package. Do you know what I mean? It's not about the simplicity of what what of what somebody is presenting to you as. Okay, this is my life, and simple doesn't really appeal to me in in the context of you know single Muslim guy, great job, great car, you know. And 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 what else? It's. It, I think I mentioned to you when we first spoke, Imran, that actually things were starting to become very, very repetitive, very samey, and just there wasn't anything that was engaging me. I'm not saying they weren't nice guys. I'm not saying that at all. But in terms of that, that kind of depth of character, it was the depth of character that that wasn't there, and unfortunately a lot of a lot of what what kind of happens within our community is that I think there are a lot of Muslim guys you know young younger guys out there who aren't really encouraged to discover their depth of character because they are shielded from a lot of things um and when it comes to them meeting strong-minded confident Muslim women who are looking to find love build a life with somebody uh it's difficult for them because they uh there's there's kind of there's there's layers that I'm looking for that don't seem to be there. If you ask me the question, what for, what would I say to people who are restricting or limiting or their search? I would say don't. Please don't. You're completely missing. You you may be completely missing this amazing person who, unfortunately, life happens. 
but it's but it but it's completely applicable to the other side of the coin as well isn't it to to people who have gone who have you know experienced marriage divorce and parenthood to not limit I don't know how to say this without you know because in my experience I feel that that there is this assumption from divorced people that they that they sort of have to look for the same because that immediate understanding will be there and it you know and it won't need to be and and I can understand where that thinking has probably come from or comes from and on what experiences it's based around but um in my experience in my two experiences I think I threw that sort of assumption out the window a little bit and I think they will it, it, it kind of proved for very interesting learning it was quite eye-opening for them as well um but I think it does require because it's like when you started when you're sort of at the beginning stages of a relationship and you can't have that underlying or will will you know you both need to feel equal in the relationship so if there is any any sort of dynamic of well you don't have anything going on and all the baggage is on my side if that's if that's a sticking point then it probably will continue to be a sticking point so i guess simply put it's a case of try and retain optimism, uh, be open-minded, uh, try and enjoy the journey um, and not fixate on the destination. Understand that as a single person, whether you are you have you know, previously divorced or not, that uh, a future relationship doesn't define you. It is a part, a potential part of your future. Um, and ultimately to retain faith, uh, to understand that what is meant to come to you will come to you at the time it is meant to come to you. So you've got to exercise uh, a great deal of patience whilst making the effort. Do you think that's a, that's a good, good summary? Yes, yeah, I think so. Good summary. Thank you so much to Shamsa for being so open and honest and candid with her personal story. I really love that discussion because it challenged my own assumptions. And I hope in some way it challenged yours as well and gave you food for thought. As always, I do love to hear from you. I love to hear your comments, your feedback, your suggestions for future episodes. And even if you'd like to take part, be brave, reach out and let's see Let's see if we can make that happen. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram at M-O-I-A-Z-A-M or you can simply email me divorcedmuslimdad at gmail.com. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about something which is very close to my heart, but also very close to my head. And that is the battle between your emotional side and your rational side when it comes to choosing a future spouse, the heart versus the head. See you next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.